Welcome in to On Texas Football. Ian Boyd, our resident X's and O's expert of InsideTexas.com. Ian, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good. You know, it's one of my favorite times of the year is uh, Ian tries to parse practice reports to figure out what kind of schemes are changing. Uh, it's a pretty fun challenge, but it is difficult. Well, I, I think the big one, you and I talked about it on Saturday, and we wanted to go over it this morning uh, for the folks at Inside Texas and on Texas football. And, and that's the impact really of, of, of Alfred Collins and what he's doing at end. Because what we learned yesterday was that he was running some defensive end, not unlike in some ways what Mora Ojomo did a year ago when he kicked out the end and played a little bit of three technique as well as a five. Um, and you have some interesting thoughts on that because you feel like Collins is even more versatile, it sounds like, than what Ajomo was in some ways. Uh, tell, talk to people about what we're – give them a, a synopsis of what we're talking about. And then I want to know about the impact it means on this defense. Well, so we had some reports that Collins was playing on the end. And I thought, well, they're, they're probably just in the 3-4 defense because the offense is playing with two tight ends. And when the offense does that, uh, Texas will play three down linemen and then one edge and then a Sam linebacker who could be one of the edges or more likely like Mo Blackwell or Anthony Hill, right? But then we got some more specifics and it was that they took Burke out and they slid Collins out to put in Sweat. And so that actually sounds like more of a three down nickel defense which is what we expected them to do all of last year because they had all these good linemen and not very many edges, but they didn't. Um, now sounds like they are, but I'd like, I'd like to take everybody down for just through this timeline real quick. In 2021, uh, Jacoby Jones gets injured, right? And they, they begin to start Alfred Collins, but they play him as like a big end. He's often like a four eye, where he's inside of the tackle and they play with extra linebackers and whatnot. And he was really outstanding, right? He had, he was, he's a good pass rusher from out there. Um, he could be disruptive against the run. He's just better when he can use his quickness. It seems like a little more than when he's more inside, right? Last year, they don't really use that very much. And we don't really hear much from Alfred Collins. This fall, we start to hear in the last week, Alfred Collins, man, he's starting to break out this camp. And Vernon Broaden looks good, too. Then we get this practice report where it sounds like maybe they're playing more as like 4-I, 5-technique, strong side-end type positions. And so I just wonder if Sark and Pekwikowski are thinking, you know what? we get deeper and better and we gain impact players when we allow Broughton and Collins to play this position that Todd Orlando recruited them for in the first place. Um, and they are tweaking the front to make the most of it. And it's Pekwikowski ran fronts like that at Washington at times. So it's nothing really out of, out of the ordinary for him to make that adjustment. Um, well, it sounds to me, and thanks for the explanation, Ian. It sounds to me like that's just common sense in some ways, right? But it doesn't always work that way because, like you said, a year ago, they didn't make that move. 
maybe because they felt like with Ajomo and Coburn, they didn't have to, and that may have been more of the strength of that front a year ago. Yeah, there's – I mean, I could spitball a couple explanations. I mean, one one is that last year they installed Gary Patterson's coverages. Maybe it was easier to do that initially from the from a more four-down type defense because that would match what Patterson had always run. Maybe now they're free they're, – now that it's installed, they can tinker more. And then another reason why it may not have been as big a – part of the picture last year and, and more this year is last year they felt pretty good about stopping the run from that four down. The Gofu had improved significantly in defending the edge. Sorrell was good. They had Cobra and they had sweat, etc. This year, the edges like Burke, the, the question mark with Burke is run defense, right? And so if you want to be able to play nickel and have Jade Barron out, Jedi Barron out there, but maybe you need a little more size in the in the run defense and nickel, then this three down is a little better, especially if you've got, you know, essentially contract year Broughton and Collins, you know, upperclassmen motivated, they're turning it on, they're coming alive. If they can play that four-eye kind of three down defensive end position, then it makes sense maybe to rely on that three down defense to stop the run where last year, it didn't make as much sense. Let, let's get to the 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 impact of it, though. Okay, I, I hear all the X's and O's. I, I understand why you think they're doing this, and uh-huh. but what is the ultimate impact? I mean, if it works out the way they want it to, what is the impact? I think number one, this would be Alfred Collins is an All Big Twelve, All American caliber player if we can use him in this particular role where he thrives. And so if we can adjust our defense to feature this guy, we gain, you know, an all American or whatever we gain a second, third round draft pick. We gain depth on the defensive line because it's a position perhaps he and Broadner more suited to. I'm not, this is my theory. And it makes sense because we've seen him, play really well in that spot before i think he i think he does better when it's a little more about athleticism up against a tackle than you know playing double teams inside against guards and centers and and having to make all those snap decisions and, and leverage plays when he can when he can move around a little bit more and use his quickness uh to penetrate then he's you know he's extremely disruptive got it so basically it's an idea predicated on getting your best players putting your best players in a position to to be helpful right i mean that's that's the end of the line and what you know i I, my hat's off to them if they're trying to do that because a year ago i also i would add this okay you mentioned they were just barely i mean they were trying to implement gary patterson's scheme on the back end and just play their that front now they've accomplished that it's also more about they want to take another step forward, right? And this is one of the things you get with uh, continuity in a staff, right? If Terry Joseph and Pete Kwiatkowski and Jeff Choate and Bo Davis weren't all coming back along with Blake Gideon, maybe you don't do that because you've got your coaches have to get up to speed on the on what they're trying to do as well, right? I mean, that's yeah, we- one of the thing the good things about continuity and. PK now in his third year as defensive coordinator. 
we saw that like right in year one, um, they really struggled to marry the back end to the front. And they ran a few different coverages and, and never felt, they felt like they threw a lot of stuff at the wall. Last year, they bring in a whole new package, but now you're not talking about the same coverage package that Kwiatkowski had worked with at Washington or at Boise State, where it was really easy for him to change his fronts every year to feature his best players because he had worked with Jimmy Lake for a really long time and making it work with the back end. Now, if they have that comfort with this Patterson package in the back end to mix it around up front, then it, it frees up frees up the fuller range of Kwiatkowski fronts, right? Yep, no doubt. All right, uh, speaking with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. If you're interested in uh, subscribing to Inside Texas right now, we have a special $1 for one month. Uh, that's $1 for one month for all of the uh, information possible. Lots of uh, spring or fall practice notes uh, from yesterday's first fall scrimmage. Uh, that has been the talk. Uh, recruiting coverage as well. We've, we've got it all at uh, InsideTexas.com. Uh, Ian, the other thing I wanted to ask you about that we've heard, and that is the cross-training of the safeties on the back end. Uh, I asked Eric about that, and he wasn't so he, – he didn't know the exact reason and whether or not it would be um, – whether or not it would be strictly for depth purposes or if there's some nuance they could do on the back end from a coverage perspective. What is your overall take on that? I would assume it's mostly about depth. I think um, Jaron Thompson is actually really good in the boundary, but he's their best option to the field. Jalen Catalan is really, really good in the boundary, can also play in the field. And then the backup, the boundary spot is, is easier to play unless you're very good and rangy in coverage. So I, I would assume that it's mostly about let's make sure that whether Thompson or Catalan is injured, that whoever the backup safety that has to come in, that we can be flexible with who that is. And then we don't have to put them in a tough spot. Right. So like if, if, if uh, Catalan goes down, they can, they can slide Jaron over or they can play in a backup. If Jaron goes down, they could slide Catalan over and they don't have to put somebody in. Like, let's say BJ Allen's the third best safety, but he's a lot better in the boundary. If Thompson goes down, you don't want to stick Allen out in no man's land out in space if he's not ready for that, if, especially, especially if Catalan has been equipped to do that. So that would, be my, that would be my best guess for why they're doing it that way, is it just creates a lot of versatility with injuries. You know, like, God forbid, Oklahoma State last year, they lost that game because they didn't have enough depth at safety. Yeah, that, that was just that was horrible because they couldn't they couldn't match up. They couldn't figure out how to make it make it match up. Uh, any other takeaways for you from scheme or X's and O's based on what you're hearing wide receiver wise and how they're looking thought processes as you're as you're thinking about it, uh, Ian, based on what you've heard? Well, probably like everybody else, I'd really like to see that arch. Arch Manning 50 yard touchdown run. I want to know, like, you know, did some guys pull up and they just kind of let it go? Um, I, well, I have, I have a text that did not happen. Uh, okay. based on, based I know on he's what, fast in a straight line, at least. Um, the secondary had a chance to run Arch down on his TD. This is a quote they couldn't catch him. That's yeah. no knock on them. His long speed is impressive. Yeah. His long speed, I've seen some of, the, some of the stuff I've heard is he's, he might be like a legitimate 
four six, at least four seven guy, at least in a straight line. And, and then once he gets going, it's harder to catch him up, right? Because they're, once, they're trailing. Yeah. A true four six guy, if he gets behind you, you're you're not going to catch him unless you're you know Earl Thomas or somebody. It's too fast. Um, I would like to see it though. I, I I'm curious about how quick he is. You know, like as as a sophomore at Isidore Newman, he he looked like Colt McCoy. Um, then he sprouted up a few inches, and then at times he looked kind of mobile, but he also sort of looked at times like a baby deer. You know, he's just growing into his body with long legs. So I I don't I don't think he's gonna be, you know, Russell Wilson, but uh, it's a it's a dimension to his play that I'm curious to see, like. How how big of a role could his legs actually be in his quarterback style, you know? Um, and then beyond that, I'm I'm curious about, you know, this defensive stuff that we've discussed. Um, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. I bet I how the how the line interacts with each other, like the interior, um, how they're trying to make the most of them. And uh, I, I bet they're holding back some of the more uh, advanced, sophisticated concepts for like scrimmage two or practices before Rice and Alabama in particular. But um, we'll we'll probably have to wait to see if, if some stuff about that comes out. You know, they'll. Have hey, I got to ask you this. I, I, I want you just mentioned the interior of the offensive line, and that's been a big, it's been a hot button topic, right, for yeah. Texas this offseason, one that we pegged long ago. DJ Campbell got the start in yesterday's scrimmage uh, at right guard ahead of Cole Hudson. Uh, doesn't mean that Cole Hudson didn't also see time with the first team, et cetera. What, but, but I will say this, DJ Campbell quicker, longer armed than Cole Hudson. What does a, and probably maybe a little more powerful, just naturally brutish, yeah. right? He's a freak. Yeah. Well, okay. So what does that guy give you as an offensive lineman that maybe a Cole Hudson or Hayden Connor do not at that position? Like what is the true value there? Is it, he can move people on, on third and one. Is it, he can help you on the outside run because he's so athletic and can pull better. What, what are the things that, that you think he really helps you with? I mean, maybe all those, <laughs> uh, I think punch, in the run game in general. I'm trying to remember. I, I, I think that he pulled really effectively in high school, but I can't. can't yeah, he, he did, but it was, you know, high school pulling is always different. Yeah. I mean, because they're out there 
hitting 165 pound guys right. that can't necessarily move out of the way like Manny Muhammad or uh, you know Ryan Watts can. Right? I mean, they're just they're they're different, and so I kind of wonder um, exactly what what Texas is getting by improving potentially improving that position or or putting a guy like him in there with more athleticism. I would think just the zone running game in general, which is theoretically. So explain, explain, this is good. Explain the zone running game as Texas and Sark uses it and how they might, that might actually improve things. The zone running game is, is all about nailing the combo blocks and moving defensive linemen. With so basically the tandem blocks and then moving off of them, right? Yeah. And the, the movement part requires power and good coordination and then the connecting on the on the next level is about quickness footwork having you know ants in your pants feet um he's he's just a different level of athlete than you know most linemen in the country honestly so i I would assume that really in in any regard he's going to boost the run game if his if he's you know assignment sound and he's working well with the other guys because when he comes on the double team, when Jake Majors is going up against a 340-pound nose, as will happen at times this season, and then the next guy comes in on that guy's hip and blasts into him, and it's DJ Campbell, that's a little different than if it's anybody else. And then when the guy has to get from that and then go f- connect on a really good or really savvy linebacker in space, it's different if it's DJ Campbell than if it's anybody else. So... I would assume that they really want him because, you know, this is the, we don't have Bijan. We don't have Roshan factor here. You need to make up some of that ground with interior line push. Um, And then, but obviously I'm curious with DJ Campbell in particular, I'm curious to hear how he's doing in pass protection because like, as I, I think Paul wrote in his, in his book, and he may have said in one of the Saturday conversations if you're giving up free hits up the middle at the quarterback, then it doesn't matter. You can't play. So I'm curious how that's going for him. Yeah. And frankly, that may have been Cole Hudson's worst part of his game last year. Right. And so they need, they need, uh, they need help on the interior right now. That is probably Hayden Connor's strength uh, is pass protection. The question I had, it's interesting to me. Um, as we look at this, speaking with Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com, the question that's interesting to me, Ian, uh, that that came up on Saturday also, Malik Ogbo is running that Andre Carich role from a year ago, where he's he's he is the second big tight end, right? Yeah, um, makes do sense. We, do we? Re- it it does make sense in your opinion. Do we really think he's gonna that they're gonna use that that much this year? Surely they don't use it as much as they did a year ago. Yeah, probably not as much as last year. Um, they will probably use it, I mean, in the red zone for sure, short yardage, goal line. Maybe they'll use it when they want to lean on teams. But, I mean, the reason they may not is just because Gunnar Helm is so good and he's been reliable in the program. So you may not need it as much. It, the, the reason it makes sense to me is that the reports that, that we've been hearing, right, on Ogbo have been that he's totally reshaped his body he moves really well, very athletic, very coachable, um, but maybe lacks a little punch, right? 
maybe as needs to recover some power or gain some power that he used to rely on maybe his bulk for. And now he doesn't have without all the extra bulk. Cause he was like 350 or something as a freshman. And now it sounds like he's maybe more like carriage size, like 290 or something. But when you're playing that jumbo tight end role, that doesn't matter. The quickness is, is better because you're not going up against defensive tackles. You're going up against defensive ends, blitzing linebackers, blitzing defensive backs. Um, all your assignments are a little more, not finesse, but they, you have a tight end's assignments in, in pass protection and run blocking. All so right. you're basically just a jumbo athletic tight end. A jumbo, yeah. I got you. All right. Uh, I want to have fi- one final question here, and it's going to be something you and I, I don't know that we've ever talked about before. Oh. That is the impact, potentially, of uh, special teams assistant Joe D. Camillus. Okay. I've, I've mentioned on here and on Inside Texas at ad, ad nauseum, I think that he is not necessarily going to help the punter or help the kicker. Like those guys are going to kick as far, they're going to be as accurate as they can be, right? But do you think he can really make a big difference in kick coverage and kick return, punt return, that sort of stuff? Because I, I, I have a strong feeling that he really can. It seems like they're pretty good at that already, right? No, they are. They, I mean, they Jeff was supposed to be like a, one of Jeff Banks' specialties, you know, after recruiting, really. Um, so, I mean, I heard him talk about this guy. It sounds like he looks up to this guy as like the, the godfather of special teams coaching. Um, I mean, how would you how would you have graded their special teams maybe the last two years? I thought they deserved a B last year. A B? So, yeah, I mean, not great. Not not great. They, I mean, they have blocked punts. Mm-hmm. They've done some stuff. So I'm not I'm not trying to deny any of the the good, but they haven't been special. Like they, you haven't looked at them and said that's the best. I mean, especially Trejo, the punting early last season was atrocious. Um, they missed some early and tried to figure out who their kicker was. They got better as the year went on. I'm not trying to say that they almost broke a couple late with Keelan Robinson. Um, but they didn't get much out of the punt return game. Yeah. I just, I feel like I would have given them a B last year, a solid B, but I think they have the personnel this year with the added depth and talent to be an A and and be a specialist too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. B to an A would certainly be significant. I, it would seem to me that with the new rules on the touchbacks, punt coverage and punt returns are where you could really steal a lot of consistent margin, right? What were the new rules on, on uh, touchbacks? Well, from, you know, a few years back to where you, oh, get, okay. where you get the ball now at the, at the 25 instead of the 20. That's on kick returns, right, right. Right. Yeah. Well, it feels like kick returns – Every once in a while, somebody will break a kick return and it'll change a game. But it doesn't seem like it happens as often. And it doesn't seem like it was necessarily a weakness for Texas. But punts, boy, there's there's definitely margin for them to make up on punts. And then obviously, I don't know how great Camille's, Camille's is at, at coaching punters and kickers in particular. But Texas specialists last year were not that special right so that i mean there's huge margin there but that seems almost a little more personnel dependent than coaching dependent 
We'll Jeff see. Banks uh, a year ago said about uh, Will Stone said about 25% of his uh, kickoffs and as touchbacks hopes to get that up to 50 to 60% this year. Uh, so yes. we'll see how that goes. All right, Ian, that's been good stuff, man. We'll see you again on the Friday's live stream. If we don't talk again before then, once again, that's Ian Boyd, X's and O's expert of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Ian, thanks for coming alongside me today on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, for uh, Ian, I am Bobby Burton, and this has been On Texas Football.